BNN Free Talk Live with Jeff Beck. Interview many former communists in governments all over the world, and you don't introduce them by saying former communist, and not certainly not 11 times. I think you're biased because you're a former lobbyist for APAC. You're a Jewish extremist, supporter of Israel, so you want to bias anyone who criticizes Zionism. Well, do you hate Jews? No, I don't. Do you hate people who want, don't want to be controlled? Do you, do you hate Americans who don't want the Israeli lobby to have Americans fight and die and thousands maimed because Israel wants it in the Middle East? We have a war in Iraq because Israel wanted that war, not for American interests. They lied to us about weapons of mass destruction, and now they're trying to get America into war against Iran. And I think it would be a tragedy for this country, a tragedy for the world. And you don't like what I say against Zionism, so you want to talk about the Ku Klux Klan rather than the issues facing the world. Do the you do terrorism of the Israeli state, for instance. Do you believe, Mr. Duke, that there was a Holocaust? All right. <laughs> do you believe, Mr. Duke, in the tooth fairy? <laughs> That's what he probably should have asked. Anyway, you there, Yankee Jim? Yeah, I'm back. All right, good. It looks like the echo went away. It, it could have been from a million different things. Who knows? Uh, Skype's kind of a funny program, too, sometimes. But anyway, I guess this whole Duke appearance, again, is is why uh, we're, we're going to have you here this little segment here in the News Roundup, because you got on the Alan Combs show, right? Yeah, I did. It was, it was kind of kind of entertaining, to say the least. Well, how is that when you call a show like that? Do they try to screen you or anything? Or? Uh, uh, it's There was a little... Uh, she sounded like a very young... Very misled white girl, probably Jewish, screening the uh, phone calls. She sounded like she was still in high school, and she didn't really. Uh, usually they do. They call and yeah. I mean, when you call, they they ask what you want to talk about and go into specifics. But uh, no, she uh, she put me right through. Huh? Did you tell them goyfire.com in, in the screening section? Uh, no, I didn't, because uh, I wanted to ask about the Holocaust. You know, the, they were talking, they were discussing the, the Holocaust conference, and that's what I wanted to ask Mr. Combs. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask him uh, he, what the definition of the Holocaust was. He didn't like that question. Not at all. He hung up on me, as a matter of fact. And, you know, it's like um, these people in, in, the, in the control media, they, they um, are like children who... If an adult or older child tries to tell them there's no Santa Claus, they just they can't understand that. And uh, I mean, they're so tied into this uh, the whole story uh, that uh, you're, you're you know it's like telling a four-year-old or three-year-old there's no Santa Claus. It just seems so absurd. It seems so unbelievable that someone would even suggest there's not a Santa Claus. There's no Santa Claus. What are you talking about? I don't get it. Uh, hmm. You know, it's, it was a simple question. I just wanted to hear his definition of the Holocaust. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to talk about a Holocaust, we we have to provide a definition of of what, exactly what the Holocaust is. And I to this day, I don't think there is. I mean, what is the Holocaust? Is it six million Jews getting gassed? That's what I was led to believe. Or, um, or is it the soap and the lampshades and and all of that that I was told? And growing up in the in the sixties and seventies in in grade school, I yeah. want to. I still kind of want to know who who approved telling students uh, 
that uh, Jews were turned into soap and lampshades and all that kind of stuff. And, and now that's recognized as entirely false. But we were told that as young children, and we believed that, just like we believed when we were told that Santa Claus existed. And, uh, and you know, of course, thankfully, we, we now, you know, most of us <laughs> listening tonight know there's not a Santa Claus. If, I, I'm sorry if I've disappointed anybody or hurt anyone's feelings <laughs> out there, but there really isn't. And uh, so anyway, um, well, here let's uh, for the listeners. Uh, you're going to have to. You're not going to be able to hear this Yankee Jim, but right. let's let's play the whole exchange. I think it this lasts a little less than two minutes, so you'll have to sit kind of quietly, I guess. My Alan Combs lines are open. David Duke later tonight. Uh, and lightning rounds coming up. We answer a series of questions that you uh, get a chance to respond with in rapid fire succession. Jim in Kingston, New York. Hello. Hi, uh, Alan. Yes, sir. Great show tonight. Thank you. I listen all the time. I appreciate it. You know, I was listening to another talk radio show, and they were talking cheating, about... You're cheating on me, huh? All right. what, what's that? You're cheating on me? All right. Well, it's, you know, a little diversity. And they were talking about this Holocaust diversity. conference. Right. You know, it's pretty. It's a pretty popular show. You mind if I mention it? No. Uh, Goyfire.com. Okay. That you have something to do with that, show? No, nothing at all. There was another, on another radio show Goy, also. Goyfire? Goyfire.com. And you say so you're calling me to plug the website? Well, you said it was, it's a radio show. No, I, I, it sounds like a website. Well, it is, it's internet radio. Oh, okay. Like, well, I'm listening on internet right now. And what is your association with Goyfire.com? I have no, no association. Are uh, they paying you for the plug? No, not at all. Us for paying for the plug, huh? <laughs> Anyhow, listen. I found this this Holocaust um, conference to be quite interesting. By the way, I just went to uh, goyfire.com, mm-hmm. and it says, Goyfire hammering out the Jew, one broadcast at a time. What does that mean? I, I couldn't Hammering out the Jew? Yeah, well, it's I have nothing to do with the site. Um, I do post occasionally. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And they've got, let's see, topics include Nig Serial Killer. This is what you're promoting, huh? No, I'm not promoting it. This is where I heard. Uh, about white it. girl murder by mud baby daddy. This is on the front page of. Uh, so this, this is what you're uh, marrying yourself to. This huh? is where I heard about the Holocaust conference. I, I see. And uh, I, they, they have an. Internet. This obviously is a. Go ahead. Right, you say what no, you're it's saying. an internet talk radio show. Yeah. Well, you already made that point, sir. Twice. Go ahead. Okay. Well, anyway, what I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you two questions, if I may. First question. What exactly is the definition of the Holocaust? Oh, come on, sir. No, no, no the exact I'm not, definition. I'm not going to be drawn the, into this. It, it, First of all, you're, call, you're, calling up, you're calling up to promote a website that says hammering out the Jew uh, that talks about black people as mud people. Well, this is where I heard this, this, about this the is, Holocaust. And, and, and talks about nig serial killers, and you want to give me a pop quiz on the Holocaust? Not, not just, going there. Not buying it. Call someone else. Sonny in El Paso. Hello. Okay, yeah, Yankee Jim, we just uh, got through the clip, and uh, yeah, he didn't like uh, the idea that you know something is unclear about the Holocaust. It seems to be uh, as written in stone as Moses' tablets, right? Yeah, he uh, pretty much. Uh, if you if you let that go, I I didn't I couldn't hear what you were. No, no, to, you can't. But had, uh, mm-hmm. I did I did listen to the whole thing. It was about a seven minute clip, and it's on it's on the forum, you know, at dnnforum.com. Yeah. You could find it. But uh, he he pretty I I think he said it was an established historical fact that it happened. Mm-hmm. And again, he he can't. What happened? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> okay, we had Jews rounded up and put in camps. Okay. 
we got that established. Is that the Holocaust? I mean, if that's the case, we did the same thing to Japanese here. What, what is the Holocaust? Nobody, ever, nobody really wants to provide a definition for that. Nobody. If you ever challenge, if you ever ask anybody, any radio host, they just, they can't. They can't provide a definition for the Holocaust. Yeah. Well, the definition is, is it's a movable target. And uh, and that's a very it's a very important question because what the Holocaust is seems to change, uh, you know, from year to year. And uh, you know, if uh, you know, like I said, in you know, I was told the whole lampshades and soap story, and that that was what uh, uh, you know what rang the bells for the school children of my time. And now it's this sort of. Um, now the Holocaust is some sort of uh, it, primarily it's a tool to beat down uh, whites and to uh, further uh, and to uh, anyone who resists multiculturalism is beaten over the head with the Holocaust, right? And yeah, well, I think you've got about ten years. I've got about ten years on you. Uh, right. I think I heard you say you're you're forty. I'm I'm fifty one. Yeah. And uh, when I was you know coming up in elementary school back in the late sixties. I'd never heard the word Holocaust before. I didn't. I didn't know anything about it. And there were. I do remember a couple of uh, Jews in in the school, in the public school that I went to. Uh, I never heard any of them mention it uh, because I. I think I read somewhere. I, I don't have a document in front of me, but uh, I. I don't think they even began using the the. the term the holocaust until i think it was 1968 or or 67 somewhere i read i wish i had it you know in front of me but mm -hmm. i i don't ever remember hearing any stories about skin lampshades and uh jew fat soap or or any of that stuff uh, it seems like you know I, I started hearing all that all that nonsense all those fairy tales and they've all been proven to be fairy tales by Jews. That's the funny part. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, this this is the stuff that I started hearing, you know, late later in in the seventies when I was well into my you know early twenties. And at that point, I really could give a rat's ass about any of that, even though I was a lemming at that stage of the game. I, I really couldn't care. You know, it was just something that happened. If it if it did did happen. Uh, but I guess we got to come up with a definition of holo the Holocaust, right? To to uh, you know, and proceed from there. Well, but you can't even corner one of these talks. They get upset and they start hollering and screaming and rolling their eyes and stuttering. And uh, he he literally, uh, Mr. Alan Combs, he he started stuttering a little. He he really got upset that I asked what you know what was the, what was the Holocaust. Well, the next guy that called also right after you, Sonny, he also. Uh, was a Holocaust denier as well. I shouldn't say you didn't even pose to be a Holocaust denier. You were just someone asking a question, and this this next uh, caller that came after you, he was like saying, "Well, this isn't even mathematically possible that you could, yeah. that you could cram through six million people into the, the, the uh, you know a, a twenty by forty room in two years." And that was a great call. Them, yeah. And so, anyway, Yankee Jim, I'm gonna, uh, will, will you please join us later in the broadcast? I'll try my best. I All try, right. I, I should be able to, and I will. 
Good. And, Great uh, show. Yeah. Well, thank you. We have a lot to talk about, and this was kind of a, uh, you know, we're, we're the Vanguard News Network, so we have to cover news sometimes. Can I just say congratulations to Mr. Linder? Oh, sh- mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, you're asking for suggestions. Uh, my, I'll go with Mark, M-A-R-C. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's my suggestion. All right, so we got a Mark. We got a. There's a whole bunch of them on the for, on the the blog thread. Mark and Eric and a Brendan. So we'll go from there. Okay, Yankee Jim. We'll talk soon. Thanks for having me on. Oh, we'll be, yeah. Hope you hope to have you on later in the broadcast. I'll call in. Are you? I'll, I will. All right. Take Good care. Good show. Bye. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Uh, that's Yankee Jim, and uh, and that's that's really kind of a cool thing he did. And of course, he got us this little priceless. Uh, Sound clip. Where is that? Yeah, see, here it is. Yeah, here we go. And the, the Goyfire folks, uh, Aegis and Company, I guess can can make uh, hay with this. Goyfire.com. Hammering out the Jew, one broadcast at a time. Okay. Well, anyway, there we go. And I've been playing playing the hell out of that. I better better hold it off uh, on a while. Anyway, hats off to Duke and uh, and Yankee Jim for. Uh, for stirring things up, uh, I'm sure there are some lemmings that who, you know who had some doubts about this nonsense, and and uh, because of the exposure to this, uh, we'll we'll move on. Okay, well, just I want to roll through a few more a few more uh, uh, articles here before we bring on um, Battlecry. And I guess while we're on the subject of high politics, and and I'll be brief, but it, it's kind of important to talk about. And this is this um, <clears throat> this Baker Gates ISG report, the uh, the Iraq Study Group, and uh, and I'd like to talk about that real shortly. And the reason why it's important is because, well, even if there is a plan, as Theseus suggests, uh, for the retribalization of the Middle East, in other words, this chaos uh, that the American uh, quagmire, the American created quagmire, may have its own purpose, and that is to uh, you know, get the various uh, Arab and Persian and and uh, the various splits in Islam all fighting together, all fighting against each other. That that may be true, but we still can't ignore uh, the mess this has created uh, in uh, American diplomatic circles and the and the and the enemies and and uh, the contempt that which many around the world and even our European friends, uh, such as they are. Uh, are are very unhappy and angry about what has happened, and and we have uh, depleted uh, our military to some level, and we've killed a lot of white people, a lot of white kids from the South and the Midwest, and, and of course all around the country. And we have to face these facts. and And the ISG, uh, I hadn't thought about this until I read an article by Paul Craig Roberts, and. This is about the ISG, uh, Iraq Study Group report, and this is on VDAIR. And I mentioned it, it was on VDAIR because Lou Rockwell usually runs most of his columns, but Lou Rockwell won't touch anything that touches on the Jew. They're just horrified of this, and you can just guess why. Uh, but um, this was on VDAIR, and, and the credit goes to them for for running it. And it is, the t- name of the article is, Is the American Political Establishment a Match? For APAC, APAC being the um, the Israeli lobby here in the United States, and Robert writes that this is from the article. 
The ISG study group is an attempt by the elder statesmen of the American political establishment to take the U.S. foreign policy out of the incompetent hands of President Bush and the self-serving hands of the Israeli lobby. The purpose of the report is to save the establishment from any responsibility for the debacle that Bush and his neoconservative government has have produced. In other words, he's saying that this report is an attempt by the old wing of the American uh, kind of WASP establishment to distance themselves, distance themselves from what Bush is doing. And uh, and you know, as as I said, the, the report is is quite stunning in in, in some of its implications. And anyway, Roberts goes on to say the real problem is the Israeli lobby's powerful influence over U.S. policy in the Middle East and Israel's inflexibility towards the Palestinians, listen to this, whose land Israel has stolen. As long as Israel exercises a veto over U.S. policy in the Middle East, the powder keg will remain lit. The members of the ISG are elder statesmen. They have held high positions and accumulated honors. Their careers are behind them. They have nothing to lose. They can afford to tell the truth and address the real problem. You know, that, I'm, I'm cutting off here, that is so true. And we've seen uh, people like Carter, uh, you know, rather fecklessly, in fact, uh, and uh, former Senator uh, Fritz Hollings uh, come out at the end of their career when they retire, and they basically say, hey, this war or whatever policy decisions that, or controversial were done uh, for uh, on behalf of the Jews, and they always do this when they're 65, 70, 80 years old when they retire. And you know those aren't the only two men. There's been books written about this, and so you know while we may speak about Carter or Hollings or something like this, you know it's really kind of a gutless thing to do. Let let's give some applause for the man who comes out in the prime of his career and names the Jew as the Jew. But let's hear some applause for that type of man. No Jews, just right. Anyway, uh, that's um, my take on the ISG report. And anyway, anyway while uh, Bush is fighting for democracy in Jibu and, and Israel, some in the Quas military, uh, these are the folks that are supposed to be fighting the war, are in fact operating criminal enterprises and you may recall a story that made the paper sometime back and which I saw on on VNN govnn.com and it seems that stolen american cars are ending up in iraq and at least one of them has been used in a suicide bombing and the reason why they like american cars is because uh the most people think that if it's an American car, it's somehow uh, affiliated with the American presence there. Because uh, I assume most cars are probably Mercedes and BMWs and, and other maybe Japanese cars that most of the Iraqi civilians own. And so um, these cars are being stolen off American streets, and they're ending up in Iraq. And one of them has been used as, as in a suicide car bombing. And, of course, this has led... Uh, some to speculate that ties are now forming between U.S. crime gangs and Iraqi militias, which would be a very interesting development and and not out of the question, certainly. But this week, uh, I believe Yankee Jim actually posted this on the forum. 
we have another story, and it's a bit less tawdry. I mean, it's a bit more tawdry, but it seems, in fact, that armed forces uh, recruiters uh, are now using their offices and their access, uh, I guess, to students as well, uh, young people, uh, to uh, facilitate uh, their cocaine trafficking business. And uh, this is um, a headline out of Arizona. Some kept visiting, uh, anyway, um, Tucson military recruiters ran cocaine outfit. Uh, some were operating for three years visiting and they were while visiting schools uh, and dealing drugs, and the FBI caught them on tape. A midtown strip mall that should have been how should have housed some of the best and served uh, the best uh, were in fact uh, I'm sorry folks I'm a little bit bleary uh, a little a little sick tonight uh, but were in fact uh, centers of corruption in Tucson Arizona two military recruiting stations sit side by side there one run by the army and the other by the marines between them a total of seven recruiters were on the take secretly accepting bribes to transport cocaine even as most spent their days visiting local high schools or schools. They had help from several more recruiters in an Army National Guard office where one recruiter was said to be selling cocaine from the trunk of his recruiting vehicle. That would be a federal government vehicle, no doubt. Uh, these dozen or so recruiters formed the nucleus of one of the FBI's biggest public corruption cases, the Sting knows Operation Lively Green which unfolded in southern Arizona. Many of the drug-running recruiters remained on the job with continued access to local schools for months and often years after the FBI secretly filmed them counting cash next to stacks of cocaine bricks. So, very nice. And apparently, uh, I haven't looked into the names, but um, a lot of them are mestizo names, uh, and there may have been a few niggers involved, too. Well, uh, this place is really becoming a joke quickly. And uh, it's not a place I want to live in anymore. And I came across this book on Amazon.com. And for you that are fed up with the qua and want to immigrate but don't know how, well, I've got the book for you. Um, this is called, uh, the name, name of the book is Getting Out, Your Guide to Leaving America. Yes, Your Guide to Leaving America. And here's the book description. Had enough? Whether you want to find, whether you want, find the government oppressive, the economy spiraling out of control, or if you simply want to adventure, you're not alone. In increasing numbers, the idea is talked about openly. Expatriates. Over 300,000 Americans emigrate each year, and more than a million go to foreign lands for lengthy stays, but picking up and moving to another country feels like a step into the void. Where to go? How to begin? What to do? Okay, this book uh, walks you through the world of the expat, the reasons, the rules, and the resources, and the tricks of the trade, along with compelling stories and expertise from expatriate Americans on every continent. Well, I wouldn't know where to go, but apparently... Uh, some people have gone, and they will share their experiences in this book. Getting Out shows you where you can most easily gain residence, citizenship, or work permits, where you can live for a fraction of the cost of where you're living now, and what countries would be the most compatible with your lifestyle or political beliefs.
So if you've had enough of what they're selling here and want to take your life elsewhere, isn't that the American way? At any rate, it's not illegal. Not yet, anyway. That's the book description for Getting Out, Your Guide to Leaving America, or Ameriqua, as we say. You know, one of the uh, disgusting things about becoming uh, a third world resident, as we are in this country, is the foodborne illnesses. And if you've traveled, as I have, to, to Asia uh, and seen uh, how food is handled and prepared there, uh, I'm, I'm sure you were as shocked as I was. And let me just tell you that uh, I've been on, on crowded streets there where uh, uh, animals have been <laughs> recently butchered and hung up on hooks and people are just uh, walking right by there. I've been on, uh, walked on sidewalks where there's uh, uh, kettles of boiling oil uh, and right on the sidewalk, and people, you know, how just, they just kind of move away like, like blood around a clot in a vein. And, uh, you know, and the vendor is dipping, you know, some sort of food into this boiling hot kettle of water. And, and, there's, and there's cars whizzing by. And, and I don't think most of us are quite used to this sort of atmosphere, but uh, although I haven't seen that here, I'm sure some have, but in the third world, this is common, and this, and you can imagine how unsanitary it is. And in the last few years, I've been sick a number of times, and I've spoken about that here on this broadcast, and I've mentioned friends uh, that I've spoken with that have told me they have been sick. In fact, uh, yes, I was uh, sick. I was put in the hospital with something called Campylobacter, which came from a, either a contaminated sandwich or a contaminated drink dispenser. Well, anyway, this is all just part of life in the third world qua. And I see here uh, that um, this was a, a Olive Garden restaurant that evidently sickened 100 people. Yeah, what state was that in? The Marion County, this is in Indiana, uh, closed down an Olive Garden in Castleton area after three people were hospitalized and nearly 300 said they got sick after eating there. Complaints continue to pour in this afternoon from people who ate at the restaurant from last Saturday through Wednesday. The cause of the sickness has not yet been determined. And it took them quite some time to figure out uh, where I had got this bacteria and they narrowed it down to the restaurant. Other people came in and, and I got a big... Actually there was some effort by the, the public officials to to source this and to find this, but of course this is all after the fact and this, the people have already been sick, uh, they've had their lives in some cases ruined and you know what good is it after the fact uh, to, to deal with this? Uh, the way you deal with it before the fact is prevention and you have a high quality people who care about sanitation, and you don't get kind of the kind of people like that uh, from <laughs> from the third world. I'm sorry, you just travel to Mexico, travel anywhere you want to, and these people just have no interest in sanitation at all. And in fact, uh, I've been told that you know people in Mexico, many of them anyway, the poor, uh, don't use toilet paper. 
uh, and they don't have running toilets. And so you can imagine the kind of sanitary habits that they've must they have they've learned. And now they're making your food. Uh, why are you eating out anymore? I don't eat out anymore. So think about that. Anyway, we have this kid here uh, from Chicago uh, who is facing charges in. <laughs> He's a seaman. <laughs> he put his seaman in the salad dressing, and uh, I was wondering about this story, uh, and uh, I was wondering, you know, what is this? Some some punk suburban kid. This is Wheaton, Illinois, and uh, it turns out. Uh, here I'll post a link in the form. This kid is a mud. This kid did this. His name is uh, here. Let me bring it. Bring it up here. I'll post a link on the form. I just found out this before the show. You've heard seen this story. This guy ejaculated into uh, into a salad dressing and then put it back out on the table for his fellow students to eat. Meet Marco Rafael Castro, the Illinois high school student. Uh, surrendered today to face charges resulting from a revolting lunchroom prank earlier this month. A 17-year-old senior ejaculated in a bottle of ranch dressing. Anyway, here's this picture. Here, I'll put it on the thread on VNN Forum, and you can see for yourself. Uh, it's it's truly disgusting. Anyway, let's see if we can get uh, Battle Cry in here, and I'll see. I'll play the, a song of theirs uh, while we're bringing up the call here. This is um, Triumph of Will. Uh, tonight. This is Battle Cry. Who am I speaking with? 
Uh, this is Richard, uh, the guitar player for Battle Cry. And I'm David John, the singer slash bassist. Oh, great. Glad to have you on. We, we, uh, we're glad we got in touch got about a day or two before the show. Yeah. And, uh, and I know Stan had, had sent me some of your music uh, earlier. I mean, months earlier. I'd listened to it, and I, and I liked it. And uh, this um, copy of Triumph of Will uh, that you sent me, here, I thought I had another copy somewhere else that had a, a really kind of an interesting clip from uh, George W. Bush. Did you guys do that? Yeah, uh, yeah. That that song there was uh, the one with George W. Bush is our song Meat Grinder. It's kind of our uh, our tribute to the uh, the war in Iraq. Yeah, I played that song uh, before on the Free Talk Live warm up. I like it quite a bit. It's a real kind of thumping, pounding song. Thanks, uh, appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a good song. Stan gave me that, by the way. And, and yeah, we, we did some uh, clips, I think, for VNN. Yeah, for quite VNN. a while back yeah. for Stan. We worked with Stan's a great guy, by the way. I'd mm-hmm. like to point that out. Uh, hey, he's probably listening tonight. And, Hi, uh, Stan. And, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, what's uh, you know, for someone like me who uh, you know mostly sits on his uh, butt all day long and gets fat. And doesn't uh, know a lot of things about uh, the rock and roll world. Uh, uh, you guys, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, what's it like out there? I mean, you guys, you guys play gigs. Uh, you, you guys uh, try to make money and life at this. Well, uh, this part we've we've been in uh, bands and run commercial studios, uh, you mm-hmm. know, when we were younger and that. And uh, really, what got us doing this was we've we've always been sort of. We're, we're, I guess, would say newcomers. We don't come from any sort of organization like a lot of guys came from National Alliance or Skies uh-huh. or Skinheads and that. And uh, you know, after 9/11, things just didn't add up to us. The conservative end just wasn't giving us the answers. You oh, know, yeah. we searched and you know, eventually led us to places like Stormfront and other you know other racial sites. And uh, you know, we we wanted to do something, uh, but you know, we're not politicians, there's nothing we can do to try to change it there, but, you know, we had the music background, so we figured, you know what, let's write some pro-white music, but we figured we, what we wanted to do was write pro-white music and not just anti-everybody else. We figured we weren't, we're just going to put ourselves, hey, we're proud to be white, you know, and uh, white should be allowed to to be proud, and, you know, with all the gangster rap music around and right. stuff, you know, we're just, you know, we, we see white kids, and they're, it's like they're self-hating, it's, uh, it's uh, pathetic. So we, we, you know, put out some stuff, and uh, and then the antis came. Yeah, and then the antis came. <laughs> because you can't say anything, even if you're pro-white. You know, you don't have, we didn't, we had, as you can see, we have no, you know, no Nazi uh, uh-huh. connotations uh-huh. or anything like that, besides, you know, maybe the, the name of Triumph of the Will. But, uh, you know, no matter what, they call you Nazi. You yeah, have you been attacked? No, we just get the usual, you know. Yeah, the, I don't mean the, we, the courageous. Mean, you know, yeah, we, yeah. We, you well, we, get the, uh, we, oh, we, get, yeah. we get the hate mail and everything. Uh, you know, even though our our mailing address is right up on our website, so any anti's that you know would like to come down and visit us personally, you know, we're all for that. Yeah, but like they never seem to want to do that. I'd like to hear more of your music. And so, where can people go? Well, on, they on can the web, go to uh, battlecrymusic.com. Okay. Uh, that's our site. Um, we also uh, we're very good friends with uh, April Gady. Uh-huh. Uh, and and her uh, who her two girls there are Prussian Blue. Uh, she also sells our albums as well. Uh, we've dealt with a lot of different distributors. Uh, the NSM, for one example, with Jeff Scoop. We've uh, 
you know, distributed albums through him. Uh, you know, we got him going into Germany, into France, uh, you know, pretty much everywhere. And really, the main topic that we wanted to cover was the situation about a drummer. I don't know, Rich, yeah. can approach that um, now. You know, when basically the the band Battle Cry is just uh, you know us two. It's David, John, and myself. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, I actually wrote all the drums and everything for the albums. Uh, we recently. Uh, been in contact with a guy in Europe that is uh, has a brand new club that he's putting together, and uh, it's a, it's a pretty major club. He's going to be bringing in mainstream bands, uh, you know, big time bands basically. Huh. And he he wanted us to come down and open up, you know, for one of these mainstream bands at a show, you know, at his debut of his club. And uh, you know, w as much as we'd love to do it, you know, we just need the band members, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I guess we're just kind of you know setting the word out there. Wow, you can't it. find a drummer. Is that it's, it? It's tough. It yeah, that's tough. that's the bottom and, and, line. And again, you know, we're we're going in as a pro white band. We're going to do this, and obviously, you're going over to Europe, and you know, it's you know how it is over there. But uh, it's uh, we've got a bass player on board, very courageous uh, younger uh, uh, guy there. Uh, but right now, we've we've you know thrown it out everywhere. I uh, even emailed a few uh, prospects, but we've just got nothing in return. And again, this is playing in front of thousands of people, and it's a chance to make a statement that we're not going to be uh, pro white music's not going to be uh, relegated to some uh, mosquito infested swamp in Kentucky. This yeah. is a chance to play literally in front of thousands of people and maybe send some shockwaves to. Uh, you know, let our enemies suck on that for a while. You know, one thing I uh, I, this sh all of VNN broadcasts are heavily listened to uh, from Europe, and of course the lion's share of that is uh, the United Kingdom, uh, but um, uh, other places in Europe as well. And uh, uh, I wouldn't be we'll we'll have this show up in the archive real soon. You know, it may take a day or so. And, right. Uh, I, there's a small chance that someone from Europe might respond. Hey, that'd be fine. And and again, it's not going to be we're not it's not going to be easy. Obviously, we uh, yeah, it's it's something that you it's thrown together. Obviously, we it'll be people that have never played together. You know, we will have to work out the details and stuff like that. But if you feel competent and stuff, you can you can pull this off. If you're out there, drummer, you want to make a stand for uh, you know white culture and and our people. Here's your chance. Yeah, I mean we're looking at probably doing, you know, a 45 minute set, but you know this is going to be a this is going to be a set in front of a mainstream band and you know probably two to three thousand people. So, you know, uh, we're hoping that you know somebody's willing to come forward because we're all into doing it. We're Gosh, totally into you, it. you get to see Europe too. Yeah, right. At the same time, it's great. You know, I was listening to an interview with, uh, I don't know, it was actually an interview with, uh, with Ringo Starr, and uh, the drummer for the Beatles, and he was saying, maybe it's the same way today, but he was saying back in, in his day that, you know, if you were a drummer, uh, you, you were in the band because the drummers were so in demand. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> different, hence, Keith, there's no doubt about that. Even when, you know, we played in uh, just regular mainstream bands, we had the same trouble. Right. You know, now it's, we're looking for a pro-white drummer. If we didn't have a drummer, either we didn't have one or he was passed out. One of the, one one of the, the other. other. <laughs> That's right out of a spinal tap, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 11, put it down 11. What's that? I was just uh, making a spinal tap quip. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a funny movie. Uh, I, I kind of enjoyed that. And uh, especially that part about uh, the, uh, and I, I know a Jew wrote that, so, but uh, uh, for the people listening, uh, but anyway, it's still a funny movie, and uh, uh, I like that 
they're complaining about the sandwiches. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where you just keep folding them. You keep folding. Them. <laughs> yeah, that that was a funny part. But you you guys, uh, you know, uh, I I think actually uh, my guess is is that doing what you guys do, aside from. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, the white nationalist aspects of it. I, I think being a, a struggling you know band, I think that's a pretty tough thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean you know we don't do this for a living. I mean okay. if we did, we'd be starving to death right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean we work regular jobs. Right. Too, you know? We we really took this project up. Just uh, it's it's really more for just saying hey you know we're we're, we're tired of the situation. We want to do something about yeah. it. We want to show that being pro-white. And uh-huh. being proud of your race isn't a crime. Uh, you know, it's more for that purpose. I mean, I mean we, obviously, we like, at our age, you know, hey, you know, the rock and roll lifestyle is over for us. It's, okay. it's not. It's, it's really. It's not about anything like that. It's just. It's a chance just to sort of stick it back to the Marxist bastards once in a while here. Yeah, and try to get a few more people on our side at you the know, same time. Right. I'm with you guys on this. We're in sync because uh, I've talked about. Also on the, on this broadcast with Alex and others, uh, you know, after after nine one one, unfortunately, I was still kind of blinkered. I was still kind of ignorant, and then, uh, but in the wake of it, I started becoming aware that something was terribly wrong. And and this this process, among others, you know, transformed me into a white nationalist and caused me to do something. And then, you know, here I am now with at VNN doing radio shows. Right. And, uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, and, and by the way, Jeff, I've had a chance to listen to your show, and it's very professional, very informative. I, I we love like your show. Out. It's, oh, it's well, great thank stuff. You. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, you know what? I'm here. Uh, I'm here in spandex. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here in the studio with pink and green spandex. And if you can get them on, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's about to here. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite weigh 300 pounds, but it, it's a good thing I, I'm doing radio, I tell you that. But, you know, we what I like to do is attack them from all angles. We come from a different angle. Obviously, we're, you know, a couple long-haired guys. I think it, it just throws them for a loop. We've literally gone to some anti-sites, and it's hilarious, where they will sit there and go that they hate us because we're racist, but, boy, they can't get that song out of their head. It keeps, you know, they love it. But yeah, they, they like the, the fact, song, but they can't stand us. And it messes up. with them. You know, they see us. There's no, no swastikas, none of this stuff. Right. And, you know, they can't figure it out, and then you know their brain overloads, which doesn't take much. Yeah. Yeah. I I I like who who, who which one of you guys sings? That'd be me. Oh, that's awesome. You do a great job. Thank you. It's it's real it's kind amazing. Of a, it's amazing what Rich can do with a microphone and a pair of pliers. Put the right. <laughs> You yeah, what you got to do. It's for the pro-white movement, though. <laughs> right. Sacrifices must be made. Now, b- before before I, I move on to another, another question, uh, I want to remind this is battle. The URL is battle crime music, and and if you are a drummer or know a drummer that wants to be part of this and, and to go see, go visit Europe and and go play in front of, uh, of a good audience over there. Uh, get in touch with them at battle crime music. Uh, dot com right yeah that's correct there is an email address you know right there so uh you know right under our contact link so uh you know they you know if you want to do it uh definitely email me you know we'll hook up and we'll get it going 
And I guess, uh, Mr. Linder, if you're listening, uh, congratulations. Yeah, we were listening earlier, and uh, he had a new baby boy. Yeah, so you got any name? Uh, oh, here we we have a, a, by the way, we have a, 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 sorry to interrupt here, we'll get back. He got a baby boy, but uh, we have a, a post on the forum thread here. It says, I'm the drummer with a, with a, uh, um, with an, uh, uh, what is it, the emphatic mark, the, what is that, uh, the uh, exclamation mark. Okay. And so oh, we've got okay. a guy named Abandon. Now, you know, whether he right. follows through or not and gets <laughs> right, yeah, guys. Well, you know, we'll, we'll follow every lead. I, I think it's worth it. It's worth a shot. Well, hey, anyway, with Alex, uh, you guys got a, a, a name suggestion? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Do you have one? I mean, well, even my, we might be a little biased. I'd like to call the kid Battle Cry, but I, I don't think Alex would be into that. You, you don't want Chitoria or something of Chitoria. that nature? Letitia? <laughs> no, I don't know nothing like that. that. I don't think any like consumer product names would be good either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually saw a nigger named List. I was Listerine, and uh, so. You know, but at least he had a clean mouth. <laughs> you know, I don't think that the Famali story is true. You guys heard the Famali story, right? I don't believe I have. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is a joke. I, I think most people have heard. I, I don't know. Uh, so I don't know if people have heard this, but anyway, it was apparently that uh, uh, the uh, the the little negress was given a baby in the hospital, and uh, the nurse uh, put the armband around the baby. So you know, you know the pink one for um, for girl, and the blue one for for uh, boy. And of course, it, it the the pink one, uh, the blue one didn't say boy; it said male. And then the the pink one didn't say girl; it said female. And so the the little uh, young negress that gave the the uh, birth looked at the wristband and said, "Famali, that's the name of my baby, Famali." Oh Lord. <laughs> Where's that drummer when we need him? I know. <laughs> I, you know, I, that that thing is. People, when I was told that, it was not told to me as a joke. But I always figure that has to be a joke. Uh, I, <laughs> you never I, know. I don't know. We've, I've seen some strange stuff out there. <laughs> so did you hear? Uh, it, I'll, I'll run down. You know, I, I think you guys are musicians. I, I gotta. You probably talk about music too much, but. Uh, here's my, here was my playlist tonight, and 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 tell me if you want. Uh, tell me some. I'm always looking for for other bands to play. Um, uh, we I, I played a bunch of Led Zeppelin, uh, Molly Hatchet, uh, Metallica, of course, Battle Cry, and then uh, Rock Pile, uh, Dave Edmonds, Rolling Stones, Graham Parsons, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, Bob Seger, uh, uh, Pearl. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. So how about how about that? You, you guys like that kind of music? Yeah, yeah, that's a good list. A lot of that stuff were uh, very relevant to us. What we grew up with, uh, uh -huh. a lot of the late seventies, definitely the eighties stuff is uh, sure. Are the meat and potatoes of what we listen to? You know, I I uh, stopped listening to music. Uh, I was talking a couple of weeks ago. I don't know a lot of the new bands, and I think part of the reason why I don't know a lot of the new bands is because I don't think there are very many good new bands. No, you know, I gotta agree with you there. I don't, yeah, music is just it's gone, it's deplorable now. I mean, most of it's just that uh, Negro rap. It's yeah. uh, it's just disgusting. Uh, how and you know, I've always found it amazing how they have sold that to white males and especially white females. Now, when when I was growing up in the day, everybody, you know, the girls maybe they didn't like the heavier stuff, the Black Sabbath, all that. 
but they like the journey and stuff. I mean, now I see like white girls that listen to like this nasty Negro rap. I'm like, oh yeah. my god, what what happened? Yeah, I know. What happened? Yeah, Just I'll be driving. I'll be driving down the road, and you know, I hear the boom, 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 and then, of course, my oh, yeah. mind tells me that's got to be some ghetto blaster, uh, ghetto ghetto boy in there, and uh, and then you know, sure enough, he drives up beside me, and it's some punk kid, some punk kid white boy. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and uh, it, it's just a mind blower every time. You it know, happens. Jeff, and, and we're losing that generation to, yeah. to it, and you know that's I guess our way of trying to fight back against it because I really think they just have, they're not, they sh- have no pride in who they are. They feel ashamed of being white, uh-huh. and so they latch onto these other uh, other cultures that are very, have a very negative effect. Well, I really feel you know that this this program. Uh, and as well as you know, perhaps your band, we're kind of like I, I hate to use this cliche, but really like a cry in the wind, you know that you yeah. know, uh, uh, you know. Uh, I feel like I have to produce some sort of content uh, for other people, you know, uh, so that they can stumble upon it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And like that know, uh, beacon of light. Yeah. Hear a counter message. And yeah, because you, you don't find it anywhere else. It's it's really the the one place we have is internet. And I've hoped that our media uh, would grow too. We've tried. Yeah, obviously we made a we did a video which was bloody awful. But, it was uh, terrible. It was uh, it was a, a situation where people were complaining about Jesus. No, you know, there's no white media. We yeah. literally yeah. ran out, got a camera, and just filmed some stuff. Took some stuff off the internet to show them. And it, we initially put out the word for somebody with a little more savvy to help us, but again, we got you know no response with that. You know, but uh, we we try to you know show people look at we're not, I'm not very good at this obviously, you, you know build on me you know there's kids out there that have so much knowledge good white kids that could help us out and just yeah. build this media and just take take it away from the mainstream. We have the internet now. We have. Uh, the 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 radio. I mean, it's all there for us. We just need the human resource. Yeah, I, I agree, and and it, it it is frustrating. And you know, I had, I had someone that I know send me an email, and and he had planned this some sort of meeting with other white nationalists, and and it all fell through. And and he, he you know he was kind of expecting other people to kind of. Uh, uh, you know, lift some of the weight in 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 organizing this, and then and when it all fell through, he became, you know, very disenchanted, and you know, he, he was thro- going to throw up his arms, and he's over with, and uh, I'm out of here, I can't take this. But, you know, if if you're doing something and you have an idea, uh, you and you, you've got to, I hate to say this, but you've got to do it yourself. And yeah. and and it's like you guys with Battle yeah. Cry. I mean, it's no true. one's going to get your your band. I mean, obviously you need a drummer in this case, but no one's going to do Battle Cry but you. And and exactly. no one's going to do Free Talk Live except me. Now, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, if if I keep plugging and and you know, I'm going to attract people and not only listeners but people who will do the broadcast with me and then people who will go. But it, you know, it's it you know uh, what is um. What did Ezra Pound say? Master thyself, then others shall ye bear. I mean, you know, I mean, you'll you'll influence others, right? And, right. And, and you know, and but you know, you, you can't. It, you know, I've had the same experience, and and you know, it, it must be disappointing, you know, for you, you know, with like the it video. Is, as you know, it it just seems like an uphill battle, and sometimes it seems like a lot of the burdens 
rests on very few shoulders. Yes. Uh, you know, just it, like with David Duke. With, with David Duke, you know, uh-huh. I mean, yeah, we watched, you know, I've we've known David Duke and, and you know, uh, spoke with him in the past. And uh, Hats off he, to David Duke. It, he's, the guy is a dynamo. I mean, I just don't know. Sometimes I wonder, just how do you do it, David? I mean, just, mm-hmm. you know, year after year, the guy is tireless uh, for what he does for white nationalism. It, it's just incredible. But, you know, the problem we have is who's who's there in the wings? Who's, That's it. Who's, who's batting next uh, after the do? I mean, these guys aren't getting any younger, and it just seems we have nobody coming up to, you know, maybe even take a different angle. Maybe they don't have the baggage of the, the Ku Klux Klan moniker that they like to slap on David, you know. Yeah. I mean, where are these people that, that mm-hmm. you know, these, and I just, it's sad when you just don't see them, and, and I know there's a lot of good, bright people on VNN, uh, Stormfront, everywhere. We've tried to work with everybody. We don't, no, no. we've never drawn lines with, you know, we're not big forum guys, uh, r- r- rich moderates over at Stormfront, but mm-hmm. we just, we always try to help. We've even helped the BNP in the past. We We've worked with Prussian Blue. We we try to extend an olive branch. I think we all need to network. If we yeah. network and pool our resources, what what couldn't we do? Exactly. I mean, I, I you get sick of you know you can only blame this you know piss and moan about the situation. Eventually, we just got to pull ourselves up and okay, let's let's God damn it, let's do something. Let's get together. Let's get this media built. Yeah. And you're part of it, Jeff, and a big part of it. it it's good to have you. All right. Well, look, we're, we're at the top of the hour. We need to take a break. And uh, Alex will be joining us. And you're welcome to stay on, fellas. But I need to take a, a short break at the top of the hour. But before, before we do, uh, uh, let's, let's repeat the web URL and, 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 and what your plea is. That is battlecrymusic.com. And they're looking for a drummer to, f- to get out there and, and have some fun and forward the message. And uh, and and that this is a, a big need for them, and so uh, if you're a drummer and you know or you know someone, get the word out, and they can listen to Battle Cry at battlecrymusic.com. Now, have, do you have any other comments? Uh, no, just uh, you know, we hope that uh, some people step up, and uh, you know, we th- this show here is probably not till uh, the summertime, so we do have okay. some okay. time to get things going and get it together and get it organized. So you know, don't feel rushed or anything. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yep. Just uh, come on by if you if you think you'd like to give it a whirl. You know, send me an email. And, yeah. I, and again, I'd like to thank Jeff and all VNN. Yeah, for uh, having us on. We really appreciate this. Oh, it's our pleasure. And anything we can do for you in the future, let us know. We're oh, always well. here for you. Well, yeah. Finally, fi- fi- well, come back first of all on the show because it looks like you guys have, you know, aside from the music thing, that uh, you guys have a lot of interesting. You, know, you got an interesting background and 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 political ideas and and all of that. And so I'd like to have you all back, you know, either singly or or as as a team back to talk about various things. We have these conversations here on this broadcast where we we like to talk about you know a lot of things and you know they they kind of ramble and go on, but. Um, we, we we would like to have you back, and if you know any guests, you know send them our way. You know I I try not to actually make Free Talk Live the Jeff Beck program, and uh, mm-hmm. I like it. It's a lot better when we get other folks to talk and so forth on the show. So anyway, yeah, great. absolutely, we've enjoyed it. We'd we'd love to be back. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and, uh, I, I think we're going to go out because I am not going to compete with the great Alex Lender. He's good just to sit back and <laughs> listen to. We love listening to him. <laughs> All right. Well, well, call in if you have a question. And uh, anyway, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll take the break and uh, and we'll we'll head on from here.
Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Bye-bye. Vanguard Radio. No Jews. Just right.